1: times you've heard that, but I'll tell you what, every time I tell the story, it's just amazing to me that God prepared in advance for me to stand up here and open my big mouth uh, week after week after week. It is the most, I'm the most least likely person in the world to do what I do every week. That is the truth. That is the truth. But God knew. God knew. And if I had never gotten involved If I had never taken some steps to get involved,
0: I wouldn't be here. From the very beginning, even before Adam sinned, God could see our need for companionship. We just don't do that well by ourselves. God designed the church to help meet this need. As Pastor Danny will explain in today's message, God values each and every one of us, and He purposefully puts us together with other believers that can push us closer to Him and His will for us. If you don't step out and seek those relationships, you'll miss out on one of the greatest joys and blessings of the Christian life. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of Numbers, Chapter 1, as he continues his message, More Than a Number. To every nation
1: be willing to accept god's assignment You said i don't know what it is well get involved and that's the first step in finding out first step in finding out here's another one and this is so cool uh you might find a better one but uh, i did see a better one in terms of what i'm going to show you but this has got more information on it so uh, you had Ephraim up top, you had Reuben on the left, uh, Dan on the right. and the biggest the biggest tribe I mentioned it when we were reading through it is Judah. So you got the longest line down at the bottom. Now you notice what what that makes? <laughs> A cross. And it's interesting too they had banners uh, uh, around, uh, at least they say they did where you had, To the left of Levi, a man. To the top of Levi, an ox. To the right of Levi, an eagle. And to the bottom of Levi, a lion. Now that's interesting to me as a student of the Bible because that's exactly when we read in Revelation John seeing heaven and those are the four uh, creatures, if you will. that are around the throne of God. Cool stuff. I like stuff like that. So... Everybody had not only a tribe that they belonged to, but you had a clan that's narrowing down your tribe a little more, and then from your clan, you had your family, okay? Everybody had a place to camp. And whenever you moved, you moved with your tribe, with your clan, with your family. Did you know we have some camps, Calvary Chapel, St. Petersburg? say, really? Yep. If you can figure out the geography, obviously the Gulf of Mexico is to the left, Reddington Shores, Reddington Beach, too small for you to read probably back there. I don't know how far you drive to get here to church service, but it's very likely there's one camp very geographically and strategically close to where you live. Now, if you go to one, you say, I didn't really like that one. Well, then drive to another one. Then you say, I don't like that one. Well, drive to another one. And finally, you'll end up with people that you like and that like you. Until you really get to know them. And when you really get to know them, you're going to find out they're just like you. Because none of us are perfect. I love, I still love the bumper sticker. I don't know if they still put it out. Christians aren't perfect. They're just forgiven. Listen, you get to know me very well and I'm the senior pastor of the church. You get to know me very well, forget it. It's my wife here? Is Wendy here. You like come up in five minutes, tell them what I'm really like. Praise the Lord she's not here. I think she's having to do something in the office. I know she's not skipping church without a good reason. Right? Right? <laughs> She's not perfect either. Maybe she is skipping church. she probably be down there at McDonald's. <laughs> I didn't really mean that. Now, there are more than just life groups that you can get relational in. There, there, you can do a four or less if you're a guy. You can get involved with the women's ministry. Uh, there, there's a lot of different life, a lot of different small groups. But these groups, these groups are primarily designed not for Bible study. I want everybody to understand that. doesn't mean you can't study the Bible, but what the pattern pretty much is, is you go over the message for the weekend, and, every, and that's, the, that's the theme every week, so that we're not just hearing the word. We're trying to be doers of the word, and we want to talk about it. But the primary uh, reason for these groups is not Bible study, all right? There's a place for Bible study, but, and, and there's Bible study that goes on, I'm not saying it doesn't, but the primary purpose for these groups is fellowship. Acts 2 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You're here tonight listening to my big mouth again. I'm teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. And the breaking of bread, I'm convinced, is not just communion. The breaking of bread, it says in the book of Acts, they ate together in their homes. That's why I encourage these life group leaders, and if you're a life group leader tonight, just a quick reminder. Hey, don't, don't, let me put it another way. On some kind of regular basis, have a meal together. Have a meal together. Have a meal together. Man, when I we did life groups for years, and we've called them all kind of different things, and because the church grew so much, you know, I, I, I haven't been leading one for a few years now. But man, one of my favorite things to do in the life group was to put steak on the grill. I'm telling you. Uh, and every now and then we splurge and we do this steak and oh, lobster. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm getting hungry. If you made a decision that, when, that you do whatever you have to do to become relational, I'm tell you what, you will, you will come and you will never regret it. You will never regret it. You will never regret it. Never. Never regret it. And that's what some of us need. Then there's marching assignments, marching assignments. Go with me to Numbers chapter nine. Numbers chapter nine, this is just, this is just almost humorous to me when I read it. And I don't know if you think that way, but we'll see. Numbers chapter nine, verse 15. On the day of the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony was set up. The cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That's how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night, it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then in his command, they would set out. Sometimes the clouds stayed only from evening till morning, and that's the part that sometimes I think, for me, is a little humorous. I mean, because you got to believe, you got to believe that some people were grumbling. You just got settled in. You just got settled in to camp, and now the very next morning, you break in camp, you're marching again. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. There's another one that, to me, I just get a little chuckle inside because I think, hey, if it's in the middle of the night, hey, your husband's waking you up so and say, hey, the church is moving. We're on the move. Break camp. And you're like, I just, I, I just got to sleep. Oh, you can't, it's over two million people. Two million people? And you tell me there's not some murmuring and complaining in the tent when in the middle of the night you got to get up and move? Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. Then when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. Now, don't miss this last verse. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. Through Moses. Now, we're not under the Old Testament. But the principle is still there. Moses was God's chosen man. And Moses would lead at God's order and the people would follow. Hebrews very clearly, 13, 17 says, obey your leaders, submit to their authority because they're watching out for you. They want you to stay on track. They want you to stay in line. Obey your leaders, submit to their authority. Because they watch out for your soul. Do it so their job will be a joy and not a burden. A joy, not a burden. And then there's a serving assignment. Don't miss Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. What an incredible truth in this verse. Just, It fascinates me every time I read it. Fascinates me. Verse ten: For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Just fascinates me that God knew when Danny Hodges would get saved as 19-year-old and have to go. Uh, well, went to Christian College and they, you know, told me I had to take speech class and I almost quit school. And I don't know how many times you've heard that, but I'll tell you what: Every time I tell the story, it's just amazing to me that God prepared in advance for me to stand up here and open my big mouth uh, week after week after week. It is the most, I'm the most least likely person in the world to do what I do every week. That is the truth. That is the truth. But God knew. God knew. And if I had never gotten involved, if I had never taken some steps to get involved, I wouldn't be here. My ministry started as a janitor at Thomas Row Baptist Church. That's where my ministry started. That is the truth. The challenge, um, and this is a whole nother message, but the challenge in serving is being willing to do whatever it is, whatever it is God has for you. Uh, take just a quick look, Numbers chapter four. Numbers chapter four. And verse four, this is the work of the Kohathites in the tent of meeting, the care of the most holy things. That's a privilege. They they care for the most holy things of the tabernacle. You get to chapter seven, and the leaders bring offerings for the work uh, that the different Levitical tribes have responsibility for. And verse three says, they brought as their gifts before the Lord six covered carts and 12 oxen and an ox from each leader and a cart from every two. These they presented before the tabernacle. The Lord said to Moses, accept these from them that they may be used in the work of the tent of meeting. Give them to the Levites as each man's work requires. Verse six, so Moses took the carts and oxen and he gave them to the Levites. He gave, get this, two carts and four oxen to the Gershonites, as their work required. He gave four carts and eight oxen to the Marorites, as their work required. They were all under the direction of Ithamar, son of Aaron, the priest. But Moses did not give any to the Kohathites, who have the greatest privilege, but, it says, because they were to carry on their shoulders the holy things for which they were responsible. 38 plus years, the book of Numbers. 38 plus years. I don't know how many years exactly passed until you get to Numbers chapter 16. But when you get to Numbers chapter 16, verse one, Korah, son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the leader of the Kohathites. I'm not going to read all the text. Over time, they convinced 250 council members under Moses to come against Moses and Aaron. And you know what their beef was? They wanted Moses' position. They wanted Aaron's position. They wanted a position and a responsibility that God had not assigned to them. They weren't satisfied with what God had for them. And Moses even says to them, listen, Verse 9, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the Israelite community and brought you near himself to do the work of the Lord's tabernacle? But they weren't satisfied. Now we know the end of the story. It was the first uh, church split, you might say. And they wouldn't listen to Moses and wouldn't listen to reason. They wouldn't submit. And God opened up the earth and swallowed them and their followers. I'd like to say more about that, but I won't. But look, Jesus is looking for servants. I, I will say one more thing. Uh, Jesus is looking for servants. Be a servant, find a place to serve. Don't look, don't look at somebody else and say, No, I want their. Now, that doesn't mean you can't desire, have a desire. You can have a desire to do what I do. Nothing wrong with that desire. Timothy, Paul writes and says, it's a noble thing to desire the office of an elder, of a leader, of a bishop. It's a noble thing. But be willing to start wherever God has you and never lose that servant Attitude, even when God brings you to the place of your ultimate gifting in this life, you know, where He he puts you where He has you for service. But you look, no, I don't, I didn't start here. Like I said, I started as a janitor. That's where my ministry started. And don't ever lose that servant's heart. Don't ever lose it. Don't ever lose it. (laughs) We had one. I'm not gonna tell this story. Well, we had one pastor that came on years ago and uh, I guess he didn't read the fine print at the bottom. Uh, you know, it was The fine print, I don't know if we put it on everybody, but it, was, it was there in my mind anyway, and the fine print is you, you do whatever, you would be willing to do whatever, you know? It is what it is. And uh, this pastor, we hired him and then uh, he found out we expected him to do weddings. And his particular responsibility, you know, he didn't think he needed to do weddings. So I gave him an easy choice. <laughs> he did a lot of weddings. Okay. Here's something else. We'll bring it in for a landing. An essential for unity and progression corporately is that it has to be an understanding that unity does not equal uniformity. I pointed out, I don't know if you caught it, how many times under their standard, under their standard, how many times we read that? Several times under their standard. One people, different standards, different standards. You know the division caused in the Corinthian church, you know what it was over? Some say I'm of Paul, some say I'm of Cephas, some say I'm of, of Apollos. What made them choose one leader over the other one? I will never ever forget sitting in Moscow, Russia, Moscow Russia years ago with a good friend of mine um, and we were at a pastor's conference I was teaching part of it but this other fellow was uh, teaching at the time and we're sitting beside one another and uh, it was all I could do honestly to stay awake with this guy was teaching. I mean it just wasn't he just didn't, didn't float my boat. That just, just is what it is. Didn't float my boat. Just not my style. Just not my style. And after this guy's done, and he's a well-known uh, pastor in Calvary Chapel Movement, but he's just not, you know, just not somebody I receive from as well as other people. Well, my, my good friend leans over to me after he had done teaching and then he prayed, and he said, man, was that not a great message? And I was just like... Oh. I was afraid to I was afraid to say something because I was afraid I'd offend him. But see, some people receive from Paul better. Some people receive from Peter better. Some people liked Apollos better. It says Apollos was a great orator. He was a great orator. He's a great speaker. But you see, some people just get from others more than others. All right? But don't let, don't let that divide us. Don't let that divide us. Please don't let that divide us. Then you have um, Romans chapter 14, and I'm not gonna turn to the text, but Romans chapter 14 is, uh, in one of the Bibles I have, the headline over that chapter is Disputable Matters. Disputable Matters. And it's things like whether you should eat meat or not, uh, whether you should be a vegetarian, whether you should ever have an alcoholic beverage or not. That's in the text, Romans chapter 14. Some people believe as a Christian, I, I be a teetotaler. But you see, if you believe everybody should be a teetotaler in terms of never touching an alcoholic beverage, that's not biblical. I'm just telling you, that's not biblical. If it's wrong for you, don't do it. But that doesn't mean somebody else can't have the freedom. And not not overindulging. We're not talking about overindulging, all right? But that's disputable matters. Some churches divide over those things. But go read Romans 14. We're not to divide over those things. We're to not put a stumbling block in a brother's way. And we're not to exercise our freedom in such a way, you know, that it offends others, that it offends others. We're to love one another. But we have different standards. You know, some people, some people divide, some churches divide over whether you believe in the gift of tongues today or not. That's crazy. No reason to divide. I believe the gift of tongues is readily available. I don't have it, I don't understand why I don't have it. My wife's got it. I don't think that's fair, personally. <laughs> I've been prayed for by the best of them. I've been prayed for by the guys praying tongues over me and, and the motor never starts for me. I even try to do what some of the crazy ones say, well just start saying words, and I will and I start doing it. <laughs> buy a Honda, buy a Honda, buy a Honda, and my, I tell you what, my Honda just never started. <laughs> But I'm not concerned about that. I know somebody here, you're going to want to pray for me in tongues after the service. I know you will. It's okay. It's okay. Do all speak in tongues? Isn't that the question? Do all speak in tongues? I think the obvious answer is no. And then you got different giftings. Romans 14, I forgot to put it. Romans chapter 12, you got these motivational giftings. Every one of us have a particular motivation and a gifting. Mine, they tell me, is teaching, so I'm serving some is giving uh, and, and you have these different giftings and then uh, 1 Corinthians 12 uh, as the spirit enables us we can have different manifestation giftings uh, so there's a lot of variety I mean who in the world wants us all to be the same how boring is that you want a, you want a cookie cutter church man what a boring place to be no way man God likes variety and I do too And then last but not least, a commitment to one another because of our commitment to the Lord, the Lord. One of the most endearing churches for the Apostle Paul was the Philippian church. And yet that most endearing church, uh, there were two ladies that had helped him in ministry together and and something came in between them. We aren't told what it was because there's so many things that can come in between us. And here's what Paul writes to the church. He says, I plead with you, Odia, and I plead with Syntyche to agree with one another in the Lord, in the Lord. And that means you may not come to the same opinion about whatever it is the spat was about, but you can at least say, well, I don't see it that way, but I love you anyway. Unless there's something just absolutely clearly unbiblical. We're not talking about things that are clearly unbiblical can you imagine if everyone in Calvary Chapel St. Petersburg was counted that you're not just a number not just a number that a leader knows your name that you have relationships with other believers that if something happened to you and you're not here one week, two weeks, three weeks somebody would notice somebody would be able to call you email you, text you Hey, what's up? Are you okay? We need one another.
0: That's all we have for today on The Living Word. If you have any questions for us about what you heard from Pastor Danny's study in Numbers, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. The Living Word is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Petersburg, Florida. If you're interested in connecting with us over social media, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our YouTube channel. You can search for Calvary Chapel Fellowship, or you can find us by following the links at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you happen to be in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you. Every message you hear on the Living Word comes from a teaching Pastor Danny has shared at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and you're invited to join us for our weekly services. Our church is filled with imperfect people being made holy by our perfect Creator. Join us on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m to worship God, read His Word, and get to know each other better. Find directions at our website. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. Our time with you has officially come to an end, but we're honored you tuned in today to study the Word. Join Pastor Danny next time as he continues teaching through the Book of Numbers right here on The Living Word.